Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller. You are listening to a pro wrestling show. Audio is going to sound a little bit differently today. Uh, as we mentioned last week, I got a bunch of personal stuff I need to sort uh, throughout the next seven days. And trying to do that at the best of times is hard enough. But trying to do it in the middle of a global pandemic when there's rules and regulations that I would like to adhere to to be a good human being, it makes it even harder. But I'm doing my best. I am living the dream as best I can. Quick shout as well to pinsandknuckles.com for always supporting Simon as Pro Wrestling Show. And a quick thank you too for everybody that has come aboard the Patreon this week. You are lovely people. It's especially given what is going on in the world right now. And it means a lot to me. Patreon.com forward slash Simon316. If you too wish to help out, and if that ever tanks, which I do live in fear of, this podcast will have to go away. And also, if you don't want to do that, you don't want to part with your money, I completely understand if you could just uh, leave me a five-star review, a comment, whatever you can do on your podcast app of choice. That helps as well because it spreads the podcast around. I'm talking about spreading things around. I'm not going to make that joke. It's too disgusting. It's too dirty. Ric Flair, within the story, within the narrative, has impregnated Lacey Evans. Now, I kind of give WWE a pass on this one because they can't help themselves. I don't know how, you know, I don't think Lacey Evans has announced anything and maybe they won't to try and, you know, keep kayfabe alive. But a lot of the wrestling news sites are running that she's pregnant for real, right? She's 100% pregnant for real. There was just no way that WWE was going to help themselves. That's the truth of the matter. There is no two ways about it. As soon as they would have heard about this, they would have started dancing for joy. They'd be like, oh, we can do it. And they do say the uh, the best stories in wrestling are what's going on in reality. It's kind of like... It- I've, I've talked about it a lot on this show. Is it something that I want to see? Absolutely not. I get no entertainment from elderly gentlemen <laughs> impregnates woman in her mid-30s. It's not true. I do get some entertainment out of it because it's so funny to say. But unless they're going to go whole hog with this, and so when Lacey Evans gives birth, we're going to feature the kid on TV. You already know how this storyline's going to go. It's going to be a lie, or they'll do something terrible, like she'll lose it, which I don't want to do because I think those kind of stories are far too sensitive and far too important's not the right word. I just don't think that's not what I want in my pro wrestling, right? I think it's too hard. It's too harsh. And maybe some people disagree with me, but I like it to be not silly or goofy, although I appreciate that side of it, but lighthearted entertainment, I suppose, is what I'm going for. So we will find a way to get out of this, and I'm sure Charlotte Flair will have some kind of breakdown. She basically did on Raw. Why did that match stop as well? In case you listened to the podcast and you didn't watch Monday night, it was, who was it? Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce versus Charlotte and Oscar. And it literally stopped because woman announced pregnancy. (laughs) The match just didn't finish. Oh my gosh, Raw is just the best show on the planet. It kills me. It cracks me up. But, I mean, if she is actually pregnant, and she probably is, because you'd probably do some kind of violence or some kind of attack by Charlotte on Lacey on the show otherwise, it does beg the question, what are we going to do at the Elimination Chamber when we're meant to have Lacey Evans versus Oscar for the Raw Women's Championship? I imagine that we're not going to do that match because it would be terrible if we did. I mean, look, you could do some kind of schmoz, right? She could come out and say, you can't touch me. She could even roll Oscar up, if I'm completely honest. Let's hope that doesn't happen. So it kind of does open an interesting uh, you know, discussion to have there because Oscar does feel like she's fallen into the background at the moment, which I don't like because not only is she incredibly talented, but she's the Raw Women's Champion. I don't like to see a belt kind of you know, just disappear in that fashion. But that's what's happening right now. So is she just not going to be on the show? When was the last time she even defended her title in a kind of like a big feud? And I don't want her to lose it at Fastlane or even at Elimination Chamber. I think she will by WrestleMania. But I would like to give her a little bit of a spotlight before that happens. And I just don't see it happening, which is a massive shame. But, you know, WWE did it to get people talking. And it was, you know, trending on Twitter. It was 
the highlight of everybody's internet conversation over the last 24 hours. So again, it's hard to criticize it too much. It's just not for me. And, you know, given the people that I surround myself with, everyone has the same kind of opinion. It's like, okay, that's wrestling, but it's not for me. So, look, if you are someone that likes it, please do get in touch. If you just go onto social media and search for at SimonMiller316, SimonMiller316, you will find me. Drop me a line. As I always say, it doesn't matter what I think about it. It doesn't matter what Steve down the road think about it or Barry in your back garden. If you are entertained, then you are doing better than all of us. Because that's why you tuned into wrestling to begin with. So, it's going to be fascinating. I don't think they have any kind of end to this, which I always, you know, you you want an end to the story, basically, because that way you can sort of have fun with the middle and the beginning. Well, just the middle. You should have the beginning and the end and you go from there. But hey, man, we'll see what happens. Absolutely hilarious, though. I was in tears. And also, Alexa Bliss went proper full on devil demon Pentagon crazy person. So as I said on ups and downs, make sure you check that out over what culture wrestling YouTube channel. We have gone back to the Attitude Era, because this is what a lot of the Attitude Era was about. Now, my favorite part of the Attitude Era was the grittiness and the edginess and the hardcore promos and, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin feeling like a real person, The Rock feeling like a real person, Kurt Angle feeling like a real person, Triple H, all that kind of a stuff. But if you wanted the other side, which did take up pretty much 75 to 80% of the Attitude Era, we've already got a lot of it, because there was never any clean finishes during the Attitude Era. There was run-ins and DQs and count-outs, so we've definitely got that back now. But if you wanted... The other crazy side is if Vince Russo had snuck in and started writing it, you're getting it. Elderly pregnancies, or, you know, elderly uh, <laughs> inspired pregnancies, I suppose. And woman claiming she's going to, you know, give birth to a devil while sitting in a demon pentagon or whatever the hell it was. Absolutely crazy. Last thing I was expecting. I thought it was a shame, too, because I had no problem with her, Alexa Bliss and The Fiend, whatever you want to call it, interrupting Randy Orton at the end of the show when he was in that Gauntlet match, which I thought was awesome, by the way, as on a whole. But I thought it was a massive shame because that was the perfect time just to claim or kick Randy and beat him that way then it's a really good distraction then he should be mad at Alexa Bliss and the Fiend because oh my gosh you you know you're now making me lose but getting a count out like why is the referee not seeing what's going on why is everybody else ignoring it but Orton I think that just makes it even more silly and I saw a lot of people going oh we've got to stop this stuff no if that's if you're going to double down on it absolutely you should have these these shenanigans but it needs to have consequences the consequence of getting count out is just so lame the consequence it's good for Drew because he was about to lose to Sheamus and it's good for Randy Orton you can't knock randy orton off his perch now he's randy orton he's amazing he's a made man he's a main event a star superstar legend hall of famer so i did think that was disappointing but focusing more on the good i, I wwe and gauntlet matches are always spot on because they're not so worried about giving away big matches anymore because they're more of a content provider than they are you know we've got to generate revenue from you know putting on these top uh, top contests like, what was the first one? Kofi versus... Uh, who the hell did he fight? AJ Styles, right? Awesome. I'm sure I have seen it before, but they're such good workers, I was into it. And then Drew McIntyre comes out after AJ Styles wins. And we finally get that one-on-one that I wanted to see. I know the TLC thing was good, but it was stipulation. Miz was involved. That was awesome. And then he's fighting Jeff Hardy, which was like, okay, I'll take Drew McIntyre versus Jeff Hardy. Not something I was expecting. Then you had the stuff with Randy Orton, and I was all good with Sheamus winning because it serves the narrative. And it's still a massive deal. Only the second guy to pin Drew McIntyre since WrestleMania 36, the other one being Randy Orton when he briefly won that world championship back. I thought the commentators sold it well. It kind of surprised me. I now don't know whether we're actually going to do a title change at the Elimination Chamber so Drew McIntyre can win it back in front of fans, especially because Fastlane is going to be the first pay-per-view on Peacock. If you're an American, American uh, subscriber to the network so maybe they want to do a big thing there it's going to be fascinating I, the Braun Strowman thing was interesting because he re- returned to Raw and is all mad at Adam Pearce for not putting him in the chamber and he mentioned Shane McMahon 
And obviously, Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre had that little tet-for-tet last week. A small part of me thinks the WrestleMania 37 match may be Shane McMahon in Braun Strowman's corner as they go after Drew. Is that something I want to see? I mean, no. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> but it may be all right. But it's, it, I think I'd rather see the Sheamus thing play out. And I think I'd rather let that story actually get some longevity and some pace to it. But I did. I really like the whole ending. Don't mind Drew losing. Because again, I thought it was. I thought it served a greater good. And Drew McIntyre has now got him himself into a position where it will be all right. It will be okay. It's, he's not going to drop down the card. It doesn't make him a weak WWE champion because he's been such a strong champion for so long. So yeah, excellent end to the show. So good that it kind of got rid of all my reservations. And I didn't mind the 24-7 championship stuff as well. I do think that belt's gone. Well, it's jumped the shark, as they say. Happy days reference. Poor old Fonz. But if you are going to use it as a promotional and marketing tool, putting it on Bad Bunny when he's about to turn up on Saturday Night Live is instant, again, it's just an instant advert for WWE. And I read earlier that maybe our truth will be on the show and he'll roll Bad Bunny up to win it back. If you get that done, I get that it doesn't mean anything to us as fans, but if WWE is trying to grow their market share and their social awareness and hopefully fans because of that, I'm not saying it's going to help, but I don't think it's going to hurt. That's what you should be doing. It's far better than just Tazawa rolls up our truth and our truth rolls up Mojo Rawley and this happens and that happens and Alicia Fox does this and it just ends with our truth winning it back. At least this serves a purpose. And I think sometimes when you can see what the end goal is, going back to what we were talking about a minute ago, it does make it more justifiable. So I was fine with it. Which kind of is exactly my point when it comes to the Miz just going, yo, I don't want to be Money in the Bank anymore. Money in the Bank, Elimination Chamber anymore. I thought, well, that was really bad for three reasons. One, you shouldn't be able to say what you can and can't be in, because otherwise you could just say, I'm the world champion, I don't want to fight, you know, insert your favorite wrestler here, so it's not happening. There has to be some kind of authority, so that was bad. Two, when they mentioned John Morrison, I actually thought, well, he should have been the match to begin with. I don't know why I didn't clock that to begin with. That's a much more interesting person to put in there than The Miz. I don't mind Kofi being in it, by the way. This is before that had even happened. But why the hell did Mustafa Ali and Retribution not screw Kofi Kingston out of his match when he's fighting The Miz to get into that chamber? Not even because of the Kofi Mania stuff, which would have been, you know, narrative poetry, given that's what happened a couple of years ago. Mustafa Ali got taken out of the thing and Kofi Kingston took his spot, so now he gets his revenge. But if nothing else, even if you don't want to tell that, which makes you nuts, Retribution and Mustafa Ali have been attacking Kofi Kingston for weeks, on the New Day for weeks. And yet here they weren't even on the show. No mention of them, no reference. It's that kind of stuff that really grinds your gears, or at least grinds my gears. It's not a big deal, but it just seems so obvious. It's such a clear home run, and when you don't do it, and yet you're doing all the other shenanigans with, you know, 75-year-old pregnancies, probably going to pop out a hand or a foot or something, it is a bit like, why? Slap your head. Why are we doing this? So yeah, I thought that was a, a huge shame. I think we need to get Raquel Gonzalez and uh, Dakota Kai into the tag team scene immediately. I mean, just having Lana lose to Shayna Baszler because Naomi won. I was just like, oh man, we're just going round and round in circles. And I don't have a massive problem with WWE doing that. Like You go forward an hour or so, rid of the Lucha House Party versus the Hurt Business, a little bit like meh, but still... A good match, kind of made sense, kind of didn't make sense. I don't know. There was just a difference between the two for me. And I thought it was, uh, I think the whole, the women's tag team titles just haven't been treated because they keep getting thrown in with other titles. You know, Charlotte and Oscar had them when really the story there was about the women's championship and so on and so forth. And I guess, the, I mean, the good thing, that, actually, to give them credit, WWE has done a better job later because now on SmackDown, you have Sasha Banks and Bianca that could challenge. Although I don't want that again. I don't want the world title being caught up on it because I think it lessens everybody. You've got the NXT guys that you can do it, and we're going to do the Naomi Lana match. So, 
maybe it is better than I've actually, you know, now that I think about it, but I didn't, I, it, just, just, it wasn't something that I watched on Raw and went, oh, Mer's the best thing I've ever seen. I tell you who the best thing on Raw is, Bobby Lashley, <laughs> by a country mile. Bobby Lashley arrives, ruins everybody, like absolutely kicks their ass, doesn't, doesn't even think about it, and then walks off with his big shiny gold belt. He should be challenging Drew McIntyre. He should probably win. He should probably win all the women's championships, the tag team championships, the IC championship. He should be king of the ring. He should be running the bank. He should just enter the elimination chamber because he's incredible. He is the most protected man in WWE. And when you do that, eventually I'm just going to think, wow, you're great. <laughs> That's what started to happen. He's meant to be a bad guy. Also, where the hell did Carlito go? I forgot to mention this on Ups and Downs. I find it absolutely devastating. I would like him back. I was enjoying it. And clearly some other people weren't, but I don't see why I have to suffer because of that. I miss it. Also, we got to stop the owl my hole puns. Lana and Naomi did an interview and they just made owl my hole puns. I don't need that. It was it was funny while it happened, but we don't need to run this stuff into the ground. We just don't. And incredibly, that was all of Raw. There was nothing else to talk about when it came to Raw, simply because when you do have a Gortner match, which takes up sort of, you know, five matches, I believe it was, it's... Uh, it just takes up so much time. So you kind of fly through it more. It's a, I mean, you can't do it every week, of course, but it is a great way to make Raw feel shorter than it actually is. So I enjoyed it. And again, I thought the, the ending to Raw is really good. Made you want to watch the pay-per-view. Made you want to see what was happening. They'll have a great match. I mean, I'm going to forget someone, but Jeff Hardy versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus versus AJ Styles versus... See, I knew this would happen. Versus Randy Orton and then versus somebody else who I probably... Oh, Kofi Kingston, of course. That's a really good match on paper. And I know they're all over 40 or you know, most of them over. I just don't. I'm not saying that we shouldn't build new stars. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be focused on building new stars because we absolutely should. But at the same time, quality is quality. And all those guys, all these guys are great. So to me, it's not about, oh, I can't believe how old these people are. Let's start working out their average age. It's more keep these guys rocking and rolling. But, you know, let's. Let's fire up some other people as well. Let's absolutely get some young 20s and mid 20 year old guys because you need that. You know, fresh and new in professional wrestling is is hugely important. And when you actually look through the entire card, there's not that many people that fit that bill. But it doesn't mean you, it doesn't mean you just go from one extreme to the next. You keep what you've got that's working and then you go. It's the Paul Heyman strategy. What's your weakness? OK, well, let's let's sort that out. Talking about Paul Heyman, too. I thought Smackdown was another awesome show last week. I don't, I don't want to spend too long on it. Roman Reigns is just fun. And when you have a fun character that gets it and can do promos like that, it doesn't matter what kind of situation you put them in because you want to see what they're going to do. Um, I like the twist that uh, Roman is going to defend his title, but it's, you know, whoever wins the Elimination Chamber then takes him on. I would like it to be Cesaro. And if you want Seth Rollins to screw him over, that's okay as well. This is when, because some people always get on my case, like, oh, Millie, so distraction finishes, right? The distraction finish is an awesome tool. But to keep it as an awesome tool, you just can't overuse it, which I think I've proven that WWE has. But if Seth Rollins either distracts, say, is Cesaro, whatever, or, you know, causes a DQ, blah, 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 that's good. Because it means I now get to see Cesaro versus Seth Rollins, and you've added that personal grain of salt into the middle. Roman Reigns continues on with his championship, which I think that I want to happen. But I also get to see Cesaro versus Roman Reigns for that belt, which I also think is good. So there's no bad there. And that's what I mean when you just do it randomly on a Raw or SmackDown. Like, well, now you're diminishing some time when you are going to have to do it and you want it to mean something. But I love the tag team match. I think that was the main event. I can't even remember now. But yeah, Cesaro and Daniel Bryan versus uh, the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. They're a really good team. 
it's a shame the tag team division kind of on both sides of the of the coin right now isn't where I would like it to be. But yeah, I love those two. I think they're excellent. And Cesaro and Daniel Bryan are just ridiculous. Especially Cesaro when you let him run riot. I don't, there are a few better in the world, I would say. Um, everything with Dominic and Rey Mysterio, I think, is enjoyable. I'd be intrigued to see what we do with them. Hilarious that they were taking on Sami Zayn and Baron Corbin. They're a couple of names you just pull out of a hat. But yeah, again, we were, we were, you know, we were setting up the SmackDown qualifying, uh, the, the Chamber qualifiers too. Which are, now they've got Kevin Owens and Jey Uso who just got put into it. A little bit lame, but again, at least there was justification there. Baron Corbin and Sami Zayn, and then Daniel Bryan and Cesaro. I do think we overdo the Chamber matches. I think we should do one only. And there's a rumor that we may be doing a women's. I don't think we should do that. I think it's not like the Royal Rumble. I think you do lose a little bit of the luster, a little bit of the allure when you do more than one. And I actually would have been cool with the Mysterios being in it, but this probably plays a better story. But still, I, I, I do think the card looks pretty good. And we'll run through that card in a second now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, Biggie and Apollo Crews, that was okay. That was good. Like, I like Shinsuke Nakamura versus Biggie, and I like Apollo Crews is a massive dick now. It's just... I didn't... Why... He interfe- Apollo Crews interfered when Biggie was about to win. Why would he care? He wants to beat Biggie for that Intercontinental Championship. He should have let him win. So, but again, that goes exactly to what I was talking to. But do we have an Intercontinental Title Match Elimination Chamber? We probably do. Is it Sammy versus Biggie versus Apollo? Are we doing that? I don't know. I may have made that up. Maybe it should, maybe should be a four-way. Maybe I'll get up in my phone in a second. I'm using it for notes at the moment. Still, though, really enjoyed Seth Rollins being back. Absence certainly makes the heart grow fonder. And he does feel like a huge star. And again, he pretends he's going to be a good guy. Even comes out to his brum, brum music. I'm sure he'll come back out to his cult music next week. And it was a little bit of a tease. He was wearing a suit that looked like it was about to melt. It was so watery. He thinks Cesaro is going to be with him. And then he beats him up. That's fine. It's easy. Seth Rollins is crazy. Cesaro is great. If you don't want to see Seth, Ro- Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. Well, you don't have to. There's no rules to this. I just would be surprised. Because I think it's such a good thing on paper. Bailey beat Liv Morgan, which is good. I think we've been into Billy, Billy Kay and Bailey going against um, the Riot Squad, which I think will be fun. So no problem there whatsoever. And we had a decent tag team match, the Street Profits versus Chad Gable and Otis. I like Chad Gable and Otis together a lot. I think they're good. And the Street Profits are good. So, yeah, I mean, I thought SmackDown was decent. And uh, same with AEW. I didn't get to see NXT last week, although I did watch TakeOver. NXT, and we'll call it a pay-per-view, tremendous. Their track record is second to none. I don't know if this is one of the best ones I've ever seen. I think it's always going to be hard to say that without proper fans. But five tremendous matches that you could give full marks to. And, I, you know, maybe the women's match, uh, the, 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 the world title match was shaky's too hard, but the table falling over and there was a few crazy spots. But still amazing. Io Shirai jumping off a flipping pillar, for goodness sake. But both Dusty Finals, awesome. World title match, brilliant. And Kushida versus Johnny Gargano, one of the best matches you're ever going to see. Same with um, uh, ESK. Is it ESK? MSK? I can't remember now. I've forgotten. The Rascals, I keep calling them. Everyone keeps doing it. Me too. But the Rascals versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. Everyone, again, I'm I'm just repeating what's already been said, speaking to the converted. But it was so cool because this wasn't about getting the Grizzled Young Veterans over. It was all about the Rascals. And that's what the Hills should do sometime. That should be their role. So everybody played it. Everybody played it wonderfully. And AEW, I thought, was awesome as well. The Sting stuff has become bizarre. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend otherwise. You know, Sting just comes out 
and he goes to talk and then somebody interrupts you like oh that's not very fair poor sting i just had a, a massive mic crash there all of a sudden it started peaking in my uh, in my program and my voice went all slow when i listened to it back so i don't actually know where i got to so if it sounds a bit weird it's because it is a bit weird but yeah just um aw in general darby allen versus sammy uh versus uh who the hell joey janela good Sammy Guevara leading the inner circle. Good. Totally believe that he's in cahoots with MJF. I know I'm on my conspiracy theory trip, but I'm, I'm, I, I, just, I just think it's going to happen. And uh, the, the Hangman Page stuff is awesome. Getting one over Matt Hardy. Just so good. Pat killing Ryan Nemeth. So good. And the main event. I mean, if you haven't seen the main event, you need to go and see the main event. It is just... Oh, the women's tournament match as well. You should. Oh my gosh, definitely go and watch all the uh, YouTube ones as well from the Japanese side. It's just phenomenal pro wrestling. But I really like Layla Hurst versus Thunder Rosa. I thought that was good too. I think it's really going to help the women's division. And yeah, John Moxley teaming up with... Uh, uh, who the hell did he team up with? Lance Archer to take on Kenta and Kenny Omega. Like, Kenta comes out, you know, New japan up to the nines. Moxley's got the title, the, 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 the US title, the IWGP, which I get is a bit weird because if you haven't watched, uh, if you don't know what's going on outside AEW, you're like, well, what the hell's this? I haven't seen John Moxley with that belt for a while. I totally give you that one, but it all ties into this stuff that came out over the weekend that Dave Meltzer says the door is open and the card is coming to a promotion. Maybe it's going to be Impact. Maybe it's going to be AEW and Finjuice already in Impact. That's how No Surrendered ended, which was a very good event, by the way. Uh, I'll touch on that in one second, too. I think you have to send a carder to Dynamite just because this is a fan-driven thing, right? It doesn't mean that it won't result in better ratings when people get excited about it. You just don't know. But ultimately, it's a hardcore fan, niche-driven thing. And if a carder did go to Impact, it's still amazing, but it's not going to have the same, oh my gosh, wah wah we were, unless he goes to Dynamite, in my personal opinion. Because, look, would I love to see Rich Swan versus a carder? Would I love to see Sammy Callahan versus a carder or any one of those guys? Of course I would. It would rock, but... You know, Omega versus Okada, you know, Moxley, whoever you want to pick it up. I think it has to start there. And then if he wants to go to the other shows, then you can do that afterwards. But I don't get... Some people have a problem with it saying, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Why do you care? And you're allowed to care. I just... It's, it's lost on me. I want all companies to do well, both with fans, business, and ratings. But I don't have to worry about it if I don't want to. And if I'm enjoying the content that's being thrown into my face, then I'm winning. We talked about that at the start of the show. So if I get a Carter versus Omega, a Carter versus Darby Allen, a Carter versus Ritz Swan, a Carter versus John Moxley, a Carter versus Cody, a Carter versus Joey Dino, whoever. Good. Excellent. I never thought I'd ever get to see these matches. I don't think you need to overdo it. I don't think you need to go crazy. I don't think you need to uh, make it something you do on every single pay-per-view. Although AEW could because they only do four pay-per-views a year. But you want to space it out. You do not want it to become the norm. You always want it to feel exciting. So if Suzuki's going to come in at one time, it's Suzuki that comes in and whips everybody's ass. And maybe he has some backup. But it's not the entire company like we did in 2001, which was massively different. Because WWE had brought WCW and ECW. But I'm all for it. I don't care if it is apparently bad or whatever. I don't even understand the, the, the rhetoric when it comes to that. I just want to see these dream pro wrestling matches. And even Cody Rhodes came out in an interview recently and said, why couldn't we work with WWE? Not that anything's happening, but if they wanted to, we would do it. Like, you know, our bridges are, are good to go. Now, WWE will never do that because they've always been about... Uh, being number one and being the only wrestling company. That's what they want to do. They know they've already achieved half their goal in the sense that uh, not even a casual fan, but whoever comes below the casual fan doesn't even call wrestling wrestling. They call it WWE. My mum does that. We've talked about it before because they don't know. And it's like Google. We don't search for things on the internet. We Google them. And obviously WWE aren't that big, but they have managed to sort of get those initials across. And that's what they want. They want to be the dominant group. So 
and you never know what's going to happen with the world, right? You nobody could have predicted we were going to go through 2020 with no fans, so it'd be silly to say never say never. But 99.9% you can say never say never because it's never been WWE's edicts. Unless, of course, when Vince McMahon decides to give it up and go and do something else should he want to. Maybe Triple H or whoever takes over would have a different stance. There's been all these rumors that maybe they get bought out by NBC. Is it NBC? Whoever owns the USA Network and Peacock. I think it's NBC. I get confused. And if they do it, maybe they would see the worth in it. I don't see why because you'd be given props to other networks and other channels and other streaming services. But... That's the only way I can see it. Vince McMahon wants to be not just number one. He just wants to be number. He doesn't want there to be a list. Uh, but either way, I'm very excited about all of this. I'm pleased the Forbidden Door is open. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? We have an average Omega versus a Carter match in an AEW ring. I don't think that's even possible. But that's worse than not having it. Like, <laughs> so it's not worse than not having it. I don't, it baffles me. It, it truly does. And I hope that it helps impact as well. No Surrender was a good show. Rich One versus Tommy Dreamer, not the best match you're ever going to see, but told a good story. Moose, I think, is being treated like a star now, and I believe him as a world champion. I thought the women's tag team stuff just felt like a few, one too, you know, a step too uh, too long in the feud between Tasha and uh, Tasha Stills and Kira Hogan and uh, Havoc and Nevaeh, but it's still it's still watchable enough. I thought the opening um, six man tag or six person tag was a lot of fun. Back Taurus, they've absolutely got something in that guy. That guy can work his ass off. Um, the Matt Cordona Brian Myers stuff is a bit lost on me. Because we've, we've pulled the trigger far too fast. I feel like we could have had them be friendly first or... I don't know. But we wanted to get there, so we get there. Maybe I don't know something, right? But um, And I really like Rohit Raju versus TJP for the X Division Championship. And I love that triple threat gauntlet revolver thing. All Every company should steal that now. I said that in ups and downs. Like, oh, I can't believe you said that. Nah, man, steal it. Steal it. Steal it. It's a good concept. I want to see I want to see AEW do it. I want to see WW do it. It's not like people haven't stolen their ideas. Don't overdo it. Don't run it into the ground. But man, it was so refreshing and it really got Josh Alexander over, which I'm going to presume has to be the point. So yeah, absolutely a couple of thumbs up there. And I think on impact tomorrow, or tonight, sorry, we're getting Josh Alexander versus TJP for the title. I'd probably change it. I think Josh Alexander really, really found his way. I wouldn't want it to fall away as you know too quickly or anything but really fun show no surrender really good weekend of wrestling if, if we're being honest you know smackdown and that and probably i mean i did i thought raw this week was better than most weeks even though it had a bunch of gibberish on it but if you're watching raw right now and you don't expect some gibberish it's why i'm changing my tact a little bit with raw i kind of feel like we got to the point now where it's hard to criticize them for doing the things that they always do doesn't mean that we're not going to but it's like you know, I'm trying to think of the way to explain it, but it's like if you tune into AEW Dynamite and you get a crazy six-man tag to kick things off and you go, oh, I can't believe it. Well, how could you not know they were going to do that? So now when I'm watching WWE and they do a roll-up or a distraction, I'm like, can I get mad? It's not like they haven't told me this is what we do. So I'm still going to count them because I think it's fun. And I still stand by the fact that I thought the Alexa Bliss one on Raw was too stupid because it should have been a Claymore kick one, two, three. But outside of that... You know what, there, there should be a little bit more leeway to it. Potentially, potentially. I mean, I'll, I'll let it play out. And if it really does wind me, wind me up, I'll, <laughs> I'll, still, I'll still kick its ass. Uh, the last thing, or there are probably a couple more things. I don't know the story. I tried to, to get the information before I did the podcast, but I wasn't able to. So I'm going to read it with you. I've, I went to eWrestlingNews.com, a site that I sometimes frequent, and they've got it. 
it's this new edict on what the social media, what WWE superstars, to use the correct term, can do on social media. It comes from WrestleInc.com via eWrestlingNews.com. But apparently, and this is just a quote, WWE has started to use, issue violations to talent who name third-party businesses, people, brand, or charities on their Twitter, Instagram, and other social media. WWE is currently claiming ownership of their talent's Twitter and Instagram accounts. The ownership comes from a clause in their contracts that gives WWE exclusive use of their likenesses. Of course, it was reported back in September that WWE began restricting their talent from using third-party platforms, including Twitch and Cameo. The new edict forced several WWE superstars to shut down their Twitch accounts. We all know about this. As of now, the violations start with a warning. They then result in a fine for the second violation and then a suspension for the third. As of this writing, there is no word on how restrictive this is or if this is in relation to a sponsored post. According to the report, it's been very... It's been made very clear to talent who have complained that the current flexibility that has been allowed in posts on social media could be retracted by WWE. So they are clamping down on this stuff. It's interesting. It feels a little bit restrictive for my taste, but I don't know the contract. I don't know what people have signed. Uh, I think we've talked about this before, but especially at the moment when WWE is making record profits and we're not going around the world we're not doing house shows it seems a little bit unfair to not allow people to make more money it's interesting and i hope it's not as bad as it sounds that's all i can say until i've read more about it i don't like making comment on stuff that i'm not completely up to date with and completely educated on but yeah i would um it just seems a little bit needless Again, especially given the state of the world. But I don't know. I, I I don't I don't have any more than that. So for now, I will uh, I will wait and see. But yeah, it doesn't sound great. Is all I will say. Moving on to the Elimination Chamber, which goes down this Sunday. Of course, I'm sure there'll be more matches announced because that's just what WWE does. Uh, we've got Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton versus Sheamus versus Kofi Kingston. Wouldn't surprise me if Sheamus won this genuinely. And then again, you do the big. You know, the title change back at Fastlane or vice versa. If I had to put money on it, I think it comes down to Sheamus versus Drew, who will be the last two in there, especially because Sheamus is number five or six, whatever the, the final person is. And I have to give kudos to WWE because about even a week ago, I would have gone, no, Drew McIntyre is definitely winning that. But now I'm not sure. The fact he lost on Raw kind of makes me think that he won't as well because do you really want to pin Drew McIntyre back to back? But maybe you do. I think you can. That's how strong he is now. Um, so it's Drew or Sheamus for fun I'll say Sheamus because it's more fun to go with the outside pick Oscar versus Lacey Evans is still down here I don't think it's going to happen I think this is going to be an angle I think it's going to tie into the pregnancy stuff so essentially my prediction is Oscar will come out the other side as the champion Bobby Lashley versus Keith Lee versus Riddle no way Bobby Lashley is losing that and if he does it will be because Riddle pins Keith Lee or Keith Lee pins Riddle the point is Bobby Lashley is not getting beaten properly he may lose his championship, but he's not being beaten. I guess right now it's more likely the Riddle wins it than Keith Lee. Keith Lee can't even get onto TV. I don't know whether that's because of the coronavirus thing or whatever. But if you watch the television, it seems far more likely to me that you give it to, to, to Riddle. And again, going with my Sheamus thing, I'll put him on there as well because that's much more fun. And then you've got Roman Reigns. Oh, no, actually, you should do the other one first. You've got Jey Uso versus Kevin Owens versus King Corbin versus Sami Zayn versus Cesaro versus Daniel Bryan in the other elimination chamber. That really is good to become the number one contender. It's got to be Daniel Bryan. Actually, you could one of three. You could do Kevin Owens again, and you could really draw a line under that, and I think you'd have to. There is justification there because Kevin Owens does keep getting screwed. Maybe it's one too many. Maybe I'm biased towards Kevin Owens, though. I am. I just like him so much. And yeah, Daniel Bryan and Cesaro, the other two. 
it all depends on what the WrestleMania plan is. You can't do Kevin Owens there now because, again, that feud's already too far gone. I don't think they do Cesaro at Mania. So maybe you do do Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens. But they maybe do uh, versus Roman Reigns. But you've got Edge in there too, so maybe you don't. I don't know. I think Cesaro gets screwed by Seth Rollins and maybe Daniel Bryan wins. Has a really good match with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns wins and then you put that to bed. And then, yeah, Edge chooses Roman Reigns and we go from there. I think that's probably what I'd go with. Good card on paper, though. Really good card. Quite excited about it. I think it's going to be a fun watch. WWE don't really drop the ball with pay-per-views either. I know every now and then they do. <laughs> but they do have a good track record too. It's kind of um, it, it's, it's kind of strange. And then outside of that, there is an amazing video. I don't know whether it's old or new. And I, if somebody could tell me the documentary it's from, I'll watch the whole thing. There's an incredible video doing the rounds about Vincent Mann talking about his Raw Rumble. Was it 2005, 2004? Whatever it is, when he tore his quads. Absolutely incredible to hear it from his, his mouth. And... I don't ever think I thought about it because it's just such a funny situation. But he's right. How much pain must he have been in? And to completely no-sell it, fair play to that guy. I don't think I could have done it. I would have been in tears. And I get, and also, yeah, I suppose the last thing we'll talk about is that um, by the time you hear this, or at least it's going to be debuting soon, Young Rock starts tonight, which is essentially uh, everybody hates Chris for Chris Rock, but for The Rock. So you must have to have that in your name to do it. It's kind of crazy. And The Rock now is just such a big star. It blows my brain. I don't you think I'd be used to it by now, but he has so much power and he's, he's so far uh, on top. I'm just... Sometimes I take a step back and like, this is the same guy that just used to raise an eyebrow and used to have like sideburns. <laughs> that was his thing. And now he's, he's one of the most powerful people on the planet when it comes to entertainment. Hilarious. Makes me laugh. Uh, thank you, as always, for sending me some questions. Again, if you keep an eye on that, Simon316 over on Twitter, I always uh, bust out a tweet on there. Just the easiest way to correlate them, I find. We'll just answer a few now. The first by Thomas Speller. Hey, Simon, hope you're doing well. I think Tom has got a YouTube channel. Is that right, Tom? Everyone search for, for Tom. I think it's called Tom Talks Rubbish, and he does a lot of videos. So go check out his YouTube channel. Uh, he says, I think Kushida versus Gargano is my match of the year so far. What is yours? Thanks for inspiring me to get into YouTube myself. So there you go. Yeah, everyone go check out Tom Talks Rubbish on YouTube. Give him a just give him one watch. If it's not for you, you never have to watch again, but you would have given him a, a solid for the day. I like Kushida versus Gargano a lot for many reasons. One, because it made me realize Johnny Gargano is pretty much perfect when it comes to wrestling. And I just love Kushida. Kushida is absolutely ridiculous. I don't think it would have been my match of the year. Um, I don't know what would have been right now. I'd have to sit down and think about it. That's a really, really good question. Maybe it would be when I take all, all things away from it. Uh, that's why, oh man, I'd have to think. Because there'll be stuff there'll be stuff that I would have, I would have forgotten about. But it's up there. I mean, the very least top 10. I thought it was genuinely excellent. My man, John D. Barker, who's always very kind to me as well on Twitter. Which chance do you miss the most from UK house shows? Watching TakeOver the other day, I was thinking about shoes off if you hate Gibson. <laughs> and how fun it was to be in a crowd watching grizzled young veterans play heels. Well, I always like it when everyone goes, the following is scheduled for one fall. And everyone shouts, one fall. But that's mostly because you see like individuals melting down in the crowd because they hate it so much. I think I like it for the same reason you do, John. It's how did it start? I'm sure there's a valid reason, but I just don't know it. 
But it's such a wrestling fan thing to do. So, yeah, I, I know that Vince McMahon rumouredly doesn't like the one fall thing. I like the one fall thing. My man Dan Brotherton says, which one video game character would you bring to life with you and why? My choice would be Spider-Man so I could web everywhere. <laughs> well, mine would always be Batman. Batman is my favorite superhero um, uh, character and he's in video games, so it still counts. Oh, actually, I thought you said superhero. You didn't say video games. So it would either be Batman or it would be Marcus Phoenix, who are essentially the same people, just big jacked up you know, like dark brooding dudes. <laughs> They're all the same. Um, with Batman, though, obviously, he'd let you in the Batcave is a cool thing, and Marcus Phoenix would let you use his chainsaw gun. And I, you know, and, and the Nasher. Everyone hates the Nasher. It winds people up. So I think one of them. Spider Man is a good shout, though. Slinging around the place is a lot of fun, even in games. Uh, Ill, I think his name is. With all the forbidden talk going on, forbidden door talk, do you think we'll start to see some actual upper card matches between AEW, Impact, and New Japan? Or do you think New Japan will leverage their US branch of talent more? Also, what are your dream matches for these cross promotions? No, I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can open it halfway. I think fans would be too upset. I think this is going to be a full on, the door has been exploded and there's way too much to do. I mean, I, I do want to see Omega versus Okada in the Tokyo Dome or in Madison Square Garden for both belts. I think that would be incredible and it would add so much gravitas to it. I'd like to see Suzuki versus anyone. I would like to see Cody versus Okada or Cody versus Naito or uh, Cody versus uh, Juice Robinson, I think would be good. I like both of those guys a lot, even if Juice Robinson is doing tag team stuff more at the moment. Uh, John Moxie versus Suzuki again with Rock. You could do... I mean, you should get some impact guy. I mean, Moose versus... Lance Archer would actually be good, to be honest. I think I'd enjoy that. I'm not even going the New Japan route. Or Sammy Callahan versus Suzuki would be good. Sammy Callahan versus John Moxley. There's so many. And this is why it's so good. It's a feud. It's a program that could probably last two, three years if you handle it correctly. And I think that's pretty special. Uh, Le Grand by 13th, 12th of her name. <laughs> that's amazing. Is Bad Bunny winning the 24-7 title an NBC thing to get our truth onto SmackDown, onto Saturday Night Live to promote the Peacock thing? Probably, yes. And even if it's not, you'd have to imagine if he's wearing that title, somebody else will mention it, even if he is just the music performance. So, like I say, I think it's smart business, and people may roll their eyes at that, but if I can understand why they're doing it, it it's hard to get mad. Uh, Sen Santino, I think. I hope that's right. Do you think wrestling Twitter complains too much? <laughs> I mean, I get enjoying not enjoying some things, but are they expecting too much? I mean, yes. I would think that's not wrestling Twitter. That's Twitter. That's social media. And I think the reason people moan too much is because it's so easy. If something annoys you, you can just log on and smash some keys, and then it's out there into the world. But that, that's all. Uh, I think that comes down to your personality and how you want to approach life. I much enjoy the positivity route. I think it's more fun. I think it's. Uh, just better for your overall mental health doesn't mean I, I did a tweet like this the other day being positive doesn't mean you're a pushover and just say yes or say positive things it just means that you live your life in a positive way but you can still be constructively you know give constructive criticism and that's what i try and do but i do think that yes i think i think we do expect too much although maybe you could argue that we should we should have high expectations it just depends what side of the fence you want to fall on uh backlash says thoughts on kenji muti isn't it muta i don't know actually name dropping impact and the possibility of no working with them i've been calling him kenji oh man what a terrible time to figure this out hang on i'm looking it up am i an idiot i mean i probably am an idiot no offense, my friend. I hope you're the idiot, but you won't be. <laughs> Hang on. No, it is KG Muto. That must be a typo on your end, which is all good. I'll still be the idiot. I was joking. I thought I was wrong. Right, KG Muto. Obviously, he just won the um, uh, the uh, the GHC World. Yeah, 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 the GHC World Heavyweight Championship at like sixty or something, which is incredible. 
you should bring him into Impact. Absolutely. He's cool, man. I really like him. I love his gimmick. I love everything to do. His legacy. Again, not as good as he once was. But no, I'm all about that. Yes, bring him in. Bring them all in. Open the door. Never close it. Harry Balls. <laughs> I get it. Funny. Can they find a way to get Oscar back to being a fighting champion? You tell me, hair. I have absolutely no idea. I would like it. It's it's a very strange situation. Uh, Ashley Robinson says, no question per se, but be sure to tap the fact you're going to be in a video game. I know you're more humble than Andy Samberg in that film he did, but this is huge news, my man. Celebrate it. Well, I was going to leave that till the end of the show, but as it's come up now, yes. I don't know how this has happened. Uh, virtual basement. I think there's a question about this. Am I able to find it? No, I'll just mention it when we get there. Uh, yeah, Virtual Basement, who were making the wrestling code, reached out to me a couple of months ago. Well, a while ago, actually. And we had some emails, some tech problems. But we got back in touch. And they said, you know, what would you, would you think about being in the game? Because very nicely, a lot of people have got in touch on their message board and say, hey, you should put Simon Miller in it. You know, not only does he do the wrestling uh, videos, but he is a pro wrestler, which I am. Not for the last 12 months because of the global pandemic. We've heard it all before and it kills us all. And um, they did it. They agreed. They thought it was a good idea. They were a fan of my videos, which was very humbling. And now I'm going to be in a video game, which is... I don't even know where to start with that. I don't know what to tell you. It blows my mind. I think it's wonderful. I'm very, very excited. I don't think the game's going to be out for a while because they're smart and they understand they need to take their time with it. But that's not the point. The point is, if you go through that roster, to even be among those kind of people is, 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 is humbling and crazy. And I'm very, very excited. And thank you very much for the, uh, the support with that. It's going to be a wild ride. Uh, Matt Bennett, is, anyone's go is anyone going to get close to The Undertaker's legacy? I mean, why the hell not? If Roman Reigns goes on for another 10, 15 years, he could do it. Kevin Owens has been for the company for a while. I'm not saying that he's going to reach the... I mean, Undertaker did have some mainstream popularity because he was around when a lot of us were kids. But I think if you, if you allow someone to have that kind of longevity, then yes, absolutely. Maybe not in the way that he did it because he was so... I don't think you'd be able to have an Undertaker character now that protects it to that extent. We just don't live in that kind of uh, universe. But somebody could do it. Yes, I, I don't doubt that at all. Adam says, If you could pick one wrestler from each of the eras, Golden Age, 80s, 90s, New Generation, Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression, to fight an Elimination Chamber match, who would you pick and who would win? All right, so 80s, you have to put... Actually, now I'm going to put Macho Man Randy Savage in there. That's much more interesting. New Generation, Shawn Michaels. Attitude Era, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ruthless Aggression, John Cena. And I've missed one, so I'll just pick someone from now. And I'll put Roman Reigns in there too. And who would win? Roman Reigns. Otherwise, he'll kill us all. Uh, <laughs> Andrew says, do you think there will ever be an AEW-WW crossover? No, I don't, for the reasons we talked about earlier. Uh, Chris Kaufman says, what in your mind is the highest honor you've ever received and why is it the H Championship? You're damn right it was the H Championship. And this, especially now, given what's going on, like I say, that summer, I got to go to South Korea and wrestle and win a championship. It is one of the craziest memories I have, and I will never give it up, ever, even if someone tries to pry it out of my brain. Marcus says, when did your love for Repo Man start? I mean, a good few years ago. Uh, my love for Repo Man comes in the sense that uh, we've talked about this, but in case no one's heard it before, you can have that kind of a character and everyone's just okay with it. It's a little bit like IRS. What is IRS's character? You don't like me because I'm going to make you pay your taxes, which is a legal thing to do. I think it's wonderful. I think it's brilliant. So uh, it, to me, it just sums up all that is beautiful and wonderful about pro wrestling. And I would like him to come back. Brian George, do you think Daniel Bryan would have won the Rumble if not for Edge's return? I think it probably would have been a bigger lock. But I also know that Daniel Bryan doesn't care. And Daniel Bryan just wants to put everybody else over. So, uh, yeah, it, it's hard to get mad. But, you know, the other person doesn't really care that much. 
um, I can't pronounce your name. Robin, I think. How much? I say I can't pronounce it. It's all in weird text. How much of a say will you have in developing your WrestleCode character? Also a career highlight, surely. Well, absolutely. I mean, no, I don't need much say. I'll send them all the pictures. And again, you, you trust in these people. It's their skills. It's their talent. They know what they're doing. So... I have, I you know, I wouldn't have signed on if I didn't trust that they would treat me with respect. And even if they don't, <laughs> it could be quite funny. So I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, but I would guess very minimum. And I'm sure that uh, they wouldn't expect me to give any input because, again, they know what they're doing. Uh, Jonathan says, do you see any of the Japanese women becoming stateside stars from the AEW Women's Tournament? I mean, it's so hard to say who's going to become a star. But if you can get some of them over here to have matches, would they get over, quote-unquote? I think absolutely, because they're so talented. All anybody needs to do is go and watch those YouTube, the YouTube thing that went up, and uh, you will see brilliant, brilliant wrestling. Uh, Michael says, how did your appearance in the Wrestling Code come to be? There it is. Congratulations, by the way. So that's the question we've answered there. Linda D, nice to hear from you, Linda. What do you think happens to Sammy Guevara now that he's done with the Inner Circle? I'd like to see him spend some time in Impact. He would be awesome in the X Division. Well, there is this story going around, and I think it's kind of been proven now that he was going to be in Impact. They had a story for him. He was at the tapings. He disagreed with it. There was a little bit of a, not a falling out, but a discussion, and it was they decided not to do it for one reason or another. Without knowing all the details, it's hard to say whether it was a good or a bad thing for Sammy Guevara. I was like you, Linda. I would have liked to have seen him in Impact. I think that would have tied into the story well. But there's also other things out there saying that he was right to turn it down. So maybe it was, it was going to suck. I have absolutely no idea. I think now he probably just goes away for a week, comes back at Revolution, and he's either going to join MJF and kick Chris Jericho out, or he'll come back as a super babyface. I've obviously got my big conspiracy going through the former. Just because if it does happen, I'm going to look like I know everything about wrestling when I don't. But I think my odds are longer. <laughs> uh, Dylan says, hey, Simon, hope you're keeping well. With Lazy Evans seemingly out of the Elimination Chamber, do you think there will still be a Raw Women's title match that night? And if so, who should replace Evans? Well, there's every chance we pull the trigger and just do Oscar versus Charlotte. I can see WWE doing that. Uh, I really don't know right now. We need to see how this is going to play out. Maybe they do do the match, but there's some shenanigans so she doesn't get hurt. It's a fascinating time. Uh, Topher Bash says, what is the point of the gauntlet matches to see who enters last in the elimination chamber? Because the guy who enters last in the gauntlet clearly has the same advantage twice. Why not just make it a free-for-all and the winner gets last entry? I think it's just a gimmick. It's just a way to tell a story. I think you're adding too much logic to it, but you're certainly allowed to do that. Uh, Ross says, what do you think the kayfabe name will be? I don't know what that means. Oh, the baby. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Ric Flair and Lacey Evans' kid. We've got Charlotte. Uh, we had Reed, who sadly passed away. We've got Ashley. Sorry, Ashley is Charlotte's real name. And we've got David. Man, I don't know. Chris. <laughs> Why not? Gavin says, what realistically can NXT UK do to become more meaningful? They probably just need better promotion and advertising. It's not like the show is bad. The show is phenomenal. If you've watched it, they have such good talent. I just think there's so much wrestling on TV that when you get to Thursday and you're asking someone to check out another two hours, it's going to be tough. But look, they do have a very, very serious cult following. I know the people that watch it really like it, but it just needs to be promoted better. And hopefully when... Look, they were still selling out arenas when they were doing... Arenas, selling out big buildings when they were doing their uh, their pay-per-views, their takeovers. Um, and they had some great moments with like Undisputed Era turning up and stuff. So I, I think we just need to wait until 
the borders are back open and life is a little bit a little bit normal again. Uh, Alex says, do you think Hangman Page will be the leader of the Dark Order eventually? No, I don't. I think we're past that now, and I think now we start the redemption of Hangman. It's going to be a long story, maybe a year out, but he'll win the world title towards the end of the year, maybe beginning of next. Uh, Sam says, after Drew's comments on a recent documentary, which pay-per-view do you think will be likely to get in the UK first? I would guess a SummerSlam. I really couldn't call it. I don't think it would be a big four. Or maybe you'd have to make it a big four. I know that Vince McMahon has a bit of a bee in his bonnet about, you know, the times of things airing. And if you air it over here in prime time, it's going to air really early in the United States, depending on what coast you're on. The, the fact that the last one was 1992 in terms of a big pay-per-view. I know we had rebellions and insurrections and capital carnages. I, I can't see it happening, but maybe I'm wrong. Who the hell knows? Uh, Dav says, what's your prediction regarding the fallout for the Undisputed Era? Will O'Reilly go solo or possibly team with Balor, or will the group remove Adam Cole? Side question, have you thought of making the finger of power a finisher? I don't think we want to make that a finisher, man. That sounds a little bit dodgy. I think that, yes, Kyle O'Reilly will team up with Finn Balor. Adam Cole will probably team up with Roderick Strong. Maybe he doesn't because you've got Bobby Fish in there as well. The only thing I'm sure is I think you do O'Reilly and Balor. They've earned each other's respect and you've got that story. Otherwise, I don't know. That's a really good question. I'm not sure. Kevin says, if you could bring back any cartoon from your childhood, what would you bring back? Uh, He-Man or Thundercats? Either would be fine. If you could bring back any wrestler, living or dead, for a nostalgia run, who would it be and why? Bret Hart, obviously not dead, but I'd put him back to his peak of his powers. And if you could be linked to a specific match type, i.e. Hell in a Cell, what would you pick and why? The Royal Rumble. Great stipulation match ever. Josh says, oh, lads, it's more of a theoretical question since Bianca Belair's won the Rumble. But do you think the company's ineptitude on doing face versus face, uh, is it still viable for Sonya Deville to screw Sasha over for the belt using her newly acclaimed authoritative powers at Fastlane? No, I don't think you'll get anything like that at all. Uh, I think... No, I don't think think Sonya Deville would get involved at all. And I also don't really think it's face versus face. I think Sasha Banks is much more of a tweener. She doesn't come across like a super good guy to me. I think we're doing Sonya versus... um, Sonya. Bianca versus Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. And that's what we should do. And Bianca Belair should win. That's... I'm convinced of it. My man Shugo says, What do you think of the long-term character development of Alexa Bliss? Being attacked by The Fiend back in May and slowly changing while having her true self trapped within has been decent. I think the character development has been quite well, despite all the supernatural. Yeah, I don't mind it. It's been a little bit different. Maybe not something that I thought would go this long, but I'm not against it. I would call it fine. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it at all. Uh... Uh, OG says, why is Raw shit these days? <laughs> well, you're allowed to think that. I think it's fine. Not as good as it once was, of course. And we'll do a couple more. Uh, Sam says, what's Damien Priest's next steps? I think he should win the United States Championship for Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley has been so protected. If Damien Priest is the guy to stop him, I think you've got an instant star. So I certainly would try and do that. Um, and where am I going? I'm going to go to Enio, who says, shouldn't Roman Superman punch now be changed to Bizarro punch, <laughs> given that he's a heel? I like that a lot. If they did do that, I'd be very happy. Uh, Tiona B says, the WWE male roster wrestlers are not young. Who could they build the company around in five or ten years? I think Liv Morgan and Bianca Belair will be the center of the women's division, and Rhea Ripley. Don't forget, and Dakota Kai. Oh, we've got so many good women. We could be here all day. I don't know. I'd have to see ages to try and figure that out. I know Keith Lee's like 36, 37, but he would be one for me. Drew McIntyre, you could. I know, again, he's 35, but you could do that with him. Uh, I don't know how Ricochet is. He's never going to be him, but you could if you wanted to. He is excellent. I mean, Bobby Lashley's 40. 
Uh, I don't know, actually. I'd have to sit down and go through a list. It's a very good question, though. Uh, Ace says, what's a move you wish you could perform but haven't fully figured out yet? Well, 450. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to figure out. I'll tell you that for free. And uh, X Mad Pancake says, as AEW usually have a casino battle roll at every pay-per-view, do they at every pay-per-view? I don't know if they do every pay-per-view. Do you think they'll do one at Revolution? If so, would you like to debut as the Joker? Or who would you like to debut as the Joker? I'll do it. I would like to see Marty Skell or someone from New Japan like Jay White or Tamatonga. I don't think you're going to see Marty Skell for a while. Uh, Tamatonga and Jay White are going to be hard because of the borders. Like, if you're going to do the Joker, you should do Sting, right? He's already done it before. He could do it again. Uh, I, have, I have no idea. Uh, Hi, Boom says, good day, Simon. How are you? I'm well. Ha- I think Shayna Baszler should join the Hurt Business. I think that would be good. What do you think? I would love that. I, th- I think that would be tremendous. Andy says, why do you hate The Rock? I don't hate The Rock. I don't think I've ever said that in my entire life. But thank you for putting that on my uh, on my brain. And MSK says, um, do you think it's too soon to break up the Hardy party? I think they should spend some more time together and then maybe explode at double or nothing. Uh, it depends what you're going to do with private party. I mean, you've only just turned them heel. So you can't really just make them faces again by beating up Matt Hardy. So yes, maybe it is a little bit too soon. I don't know, but I do like it at the moment. I think it's fun. It's layered. And they this Matt Hardy character is layered as well. And we'll do the last one, which is Tony, who says... Oh, maybe we won't finish with this. Would you rather have to wrestle one chilled Brock Lesnar or 25 majorly pissed off Mr. Beans? I think it would always it would always be Mr. Beans. You know? <laughs> Mr. Beans? Mr. Bean. I don't think anybody wants to... Uh, I don't think anybody wants to fight Brock Lesnar unless you know what you're doing. And this is the one we'll finish on. Tom, what is the worst interaction you've had with anyone associated with WWE? I mean, I wouldn't call it bad... Funny, I mean, not WWE, but Scott Steiner chased me through an airport once just because I said I liked your work. Never understood that. We talked about it before. Randy Orton told me to F off, but he did it in the best way ever, and I loved it. I was like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Make sure this happens to me again. Um, Bubba Ray was very intimidating, but deliberately so, because he was absolutely living his gimmick, and he did get to me. Otherwise, I won't go into it, but Alberto Del Rio... I mean, you know the story about him, and I think when I was due to interview him, I got him in the worst possible mood, and it didn't necessarily leave me thinking highly of him. And Kevin Nash once, when uh, we went to do an interview with him, when we were at All In, we said, can we do an interview? And he laughed at us like YouTube was the crappiest thing ever. <laughs> and now that's my one my one thought about Kevin Nash every time people bring him up. Honestly, I may as well just spat on him. And I would have got a similar reaction. And on that note, my big reveal about Kevin Nash, we will round it up for today. I promise you that eventually we will get into two episodes a week. But it's just, uh, look, I was working up till I think like midnight on Sunday with I have so much to do. And I'm very privileged for that. I'm very honored that people want me to, to you know, to, to have this kind of a stuff. But I do need to get somewhat of a routine back, which I'm certainly aiming to do now. So hopefully this week, hopefully next week, I will do my best. But I do appreciate your support. I appreciate your patronage, uh, signing up for my YouTube channel, my Twitter, my Instagram. However you support me, it does mean a lot. If we can get another one before in the Immolation Chamber, I certainly will try. If I don't, make sure you enjoy that pay-per-view as best you can. Enjoy AEW, NXT, and SmackDown. I think NXT should be good this week, given the fallout from TakeOver. They have they mix professional wrestling and sports entertainment excellently. So I want to see how they follow up from that. But otherwise, you take care of yourselves. Keep a smile on your face. If you're on the UK and we're all locked down, hopefully we'll be out of it soon. But health and safety first. And I will talk to you when I talk to you. <laughs>